This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope I hope your stomach is full because we just got done with that fake meat. And um it's interesting stuff, folks, but some of this is hard to keep up with because the technology is constantly changing. It's very hard to get a handle on the regulations and laws that govern it. But again, if you know anyone who knows more about it, send them my way. I'd love to interview them. Okay, one other note here. Uh, I know that Joe Biden put out an executive order dealing with genetic modification and stuff. I have been in the process the last couple days because a good friend of the show sent it over to me right when it came out, and I have been reviewing it. It's lengthy. It's complex. I wish I had a scientist who would come on the show and review it with me, but I am in the process of putting a show together on that document where I am going to go down it and attempt to analyze it and connect it to what we've talked about in the first 30 episodes here at the Dustin Gold Standard. So don't worry, I'm on top of that. Hopefully we'll start to break that down on tomorrow's show, and then we'll be looping back into paperclip operation paperclip i got to get back on track with that but i thought it was important to lay out the internet of everything and the metaverse for you before we got to paperclip and now this biden thing is sort of a pressing matter i don't generally respond to breaking news but because that document is right in our wheelhouse uh, i feel obligated to do it and it was interesting enough for me to actually stop some other things that i was doing to read it so don't worry we are on top of that many of you have sent it to me and i thank you very much okay first before we jump back into the wef panel discussion i mentioned yesterday that i would pull up some information for you and show you a few examples of these sort of modern current day metaverses that you could go into so this document here is at uh, it's M-E-T-A-M-A-N-D-R-I-L-L dot com. Metamandrel dot com. And they write about uh, its metaverse information. So the title of this is to experience the metaverse. And we probably are not going to go through this entire document because I want to jump over to the panel discussion. But it says here, metaverse virtual worlds are one of the most intriguing aspects of the digital domain. These custom-made realities serve as a whole metaverse world that you can explore, enjoy, and even help create. 
How fun! Of course, that comes with some complexity, but you'll soon see how you can get the most out of the virtual worlds and how the crypto world fits in. And uh, we will eventually break down uh, crypto and NFTs and such, but not in this show. It says here, Metaverse Virtual Worlds and the Metaverse as a whole. Metaverse Virtual Worlds are intriguing because they are a whole other reality. Each Metaverse world is something that you can step into with the right technologies. These might be, as we mentioned, virtual reality goggles that fully immerse you in the world, or it could be augmented reality goggles, which we've talked about, that overlay the metaverse onto the offline world. We call that the real world. But no matter how you look at it, the metaverse contains countless virtual worlds to explore. Okay, so let's skip past this because this is basically what we talked about yesterday. And let's just go into this one. What is a metaverse virtual world? And this is just to clarify and build on what we've already discussed and reviewed. Metaverse virtual worlds often seem overly complex at first, but a metaverse world or crypto world can be understood by simply learning about a few basic concepts. The first is decentralization. Decentralization means that part of a metaverse world is built on blockchain technology, and we will eventually get into that as well. A single organization and individual control standard systems, but the blockchain is a system that sits independently of any central authority, and I would uh, argue against that, but everyone working with the blockchain essentially owns part of it. I would argue against that as well. The same goes for metaverse virtual worlds built with the blockchain. The use of the blockchain also explains why metaverse virtual worlds are often user-governed. Crypto worlds like Decentraland use decentralized autonomous organizations, and they're called DAOs, D-A-O-S, DAOs, to keep users in control of the more extensive system. A metaverse would also operate with provable uh, provenance. This is essentially thanks to the fact that they use NFTs, as you've learned about, non-fungible tokens. NFTs make it easy to prove the provenance of user-generated content. Okay, it sounds complex, but we got it out there, and sometime next week we will revisit this, and we will start to break down these various components, the NFTs and the crypto and such. But what I wanted to give you here were some examples of metaverses that already exist. So it says here, what are the most significant metaverse virtual worlds? Uh, what are the most significant and exciting virtual worlds with these criteria in mind? There are a lot of different metaverse worlds to choose from, but the following metaverse virtual worlds are particularly noteworthy. And so we have uh, Decentraland. And Decentraland is one of the metaverse virtual worlds that emphasizes ownership. On the surface, it seems to be a vast virtual universe that fulfills most people's ideas about virtual reality. Decentraland is filled with lush forests, beautiful skies, thriving cities, and vast oceans. All of which are fake, obviously, okay? Just in case, just in case you're not following me. Uh, Decentraland 
also consists of individual virtual plots. Each plot is essentially its own metaverse world. Because Decentraland is tied to the blockchain, every new plot of land also becomes a crypto world. And this is also where Decentraland's emphasis on ownership comes in. Decentraland has 90,601 plots of land in the form of land NFT. So the land itself is a non-fungible token. So this is what we've been talking about, that you could basically buy pieces of land, real estate, inside of the metaverse, as I explained Snoop Doggy Dog has done, and I explained that um, that company was at FBC Holdings, um, is building a store inside of one of these places called Sandbox. So it says, when you own land, you can also develop it however you like. Oh, gee, how nice of you. With the land estate feature, you can even merge multiple plots into a single whole, and groups with similar themes can be linked together as districts to form shared communities around a single shared theme. So there's literally people doing this, sitting at home with a VR headset on, or in this case, I believe Decentraland is still two-dimensional, and they're in here building worlds you know building pieces of land instead of worrying about doing it um in the real world but some people will be content with sitting in a 400 square foot pod you know similar to a studio apartment you may have had in college or in your 20s you know so there's people now that are content with that and then they go into the metaverse to build out their dream property and they say that you're going to own it. Well, you're going to own it? Okay. Well, at the end of the day, do I really own my website? Do I really own my Twitter account, my YouTube account, my Facebook account? No, because you've seen those things be taken away from people on a daily basis. So what happens when the investors from Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and the rest of them Uh, are invested in these companies, which they are, decide to enforce the same rules that they do when one day you wake up and your YouTube account with a million subscribers is just gone. They just take it from you. And so they're trying to say, well, they can't do that because it's on the blockchain. Oh, they can do it, folks. They control the internet. They control the system. They own the game. They can do it. Um, The next one is Horizon World. So we have Decentraland, then we have Horizon Worlds. Uh, is a virtual reality experience provided by Meta, that is Facebook. It's one of the metaverse virtual worlds that heavily emphasizes gaming. Users can easily create scripts to generate their own environments, and many of the people who do so have created fun, collaborative gaming experiences. Users have also created fun environments to just hang out. Wand and Broom, Mark's Riverboat, and Pixel Plummet are some of the most popular examples. However, Meta has also created a similar environment with their new 3v3 laser game called Arena Clash. So you see people are developing this. I'm going to move on now. There's Roblox. I've mentioned this one before. Roblox has a special place among Metaverse virtual worlds. It's often thought of as a game, but that's a vast oversight simplification. Roblox is instead a metaverse world focused on game creation. It's essentially a metaverse filled with user-made content. Much of this is indeed gaming content. What's unique about Roblox is that all games are made by users rather than the Roblox company. Roblox makes creating your own games easy, fun, and even potentially profitable. Roblox reports that an estimated 20 million games have been made within its uh, metaverse. So you have Decentraland, you have Horizon Worlds, you have Roblox. Now we have 
Somnium Space, a VR-based metaverse world that first launched in 2017. It consists of 5,000 land parcels, which all support full ownership. However, as with most metaverse virtual worlds, space for land is not limited. New land can be added to Somnium Space as needed. One of the system's most essential uh, points stems from the fact that it's tied to the blockchain. This makes it a full crypto world with each defined asset ownership. In fact, the system has a strong economy and a native ERC-20 token called Seminium Space Cubes. Cube tokens also make it easy to publish or buy avatars. These avatars are usable in a wide variety of other metaverses. So that's what we're talking about where... Uh, yesterday where you could port your avatar eventually your mind twin over to other worlds okay then there's sandbox you've seen this one come up Uh, sandbox began as a standard video game in 2012 but after uh, Amanaka Branda acquired the company in 2018 it shifted to a complete 3d environment users could now freely roam the world as a 3d sightseeing experience This also marked it becoming a crypto world after uh, tying into blockchain. So as you can see, there's plenty of these out here. Here's another one. Crypto voxels, uh, break room, spatial, gather, second life. Okay, so there's uh, what we named eight or ten different uh, metaverses that are currently out there. And so as they were discussing yesterday in the panel discussion at the World Economic Forum, they want this interoperable model in which all these metaverses will be connected so you can port your avatar into the different worlds and spend your crypto tokens in all the different worlds and everything will work in sync together and it will all follow the guidelines of an international governing body out here in the natural world in the real world that will have laws regulations taxes and such inside of the one mega one world government metaverse ladies and gentlemen i apologize that's so complicated but i hope you understand just think of it as you know 10 different video games you know mario uh pac-man uh contra all these different ones and then they're just all combined together so you can bounce from world to world with the products you buy inside them and the tokens that you acquire within them and then people can visit your property when they jump from horizon worlds over to decentraland and that is the ultimate goal one never-ending world living inside the server computers owned by the technocrats and the transhumanists that are pushing us into their synthetic digital cyber prison. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Payne.TV slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I just gave you several examples of metaverse worlds that you could go check out, you can live in. You can move into whatever 
your little heart desires. But no, folks, if I were you, I would keep your children away from the metaverse. I would keep them off of Roblox. I would keep them off of Minecraft. I know it's difficult because they see their friends playing that stuff. Their friends are glued to their computers, to their VR headsets, to their television, you know, video game consoles. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's time to find them new friends. That's just my opinion. You do you. You do what's best for you in your life. But the only way to push the technocrats out of your life is to stay away from the technology that they are creating. I mean, that is really the only way to go about it. So far, so far. But uh, I have a guest who's going to be coming on soon to talk about how to insulate yourself uh, in this world from some of the things that are going to happen here in the natural world due to inflation and supply chain issues that are on the horizon, not horizon worlds, but on the actual horizon. So folks, um, let's jump right back into this World Economic Forum panel discussion. I'm going to pick up exactly where we left off yesterday. If anyone missed it, you can go back and listen to episode 30. Here we go. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say new set of problems. One thing that we're realizing is when you... uh, put on the device and you go to reach for something, your eyes go there first and then your hand goes there. And when you have these different input modalities, you can start to guess what the human's gonna do before they do it. And that's an area that we have to think about from a privacy situation. Mm, Yeah. I wanted to, go ahead. I was just gonna say regarding, you know, I'd I'd make maybe maybe a more controversial statement, which is, you know, Second Life's always sort of thought of itself as a kind of a, a new country. It was something that I often said when we were getting started. And I, I do think that while local, while local community uh, regulation is ultimately what we must build uh, in the metaverse, if we have any hope of having a billion people uh, regulate themselves as they do in the real world, I think that in the same way that the UN emerged, I bet you that as these shared systems become more useful, say just for meetings, we will, uh, we will collapse to a more singular set of rules, say around intellectual property or privacy. We, we can't do anything else. I mean, I think the efficiency will drive it. You- okay, okay, so there you go. That's what we were reviewing yesterday. And I told you the eventual goal is sort of a one world government within this um, sort of interoperable metaverse that they are building. And so their goal is to combine all the metaverses and then have one standard, uh, one set of laws, one set of rules And so that's why you have the gentleman on the stage from the United Arab Emirates who's in charge of uh, metaverse projects for that country is they are getting the government structures and then the quote-unquote private sector technologists who are building this together. And you'd say, okay, why would governments be sitting on stage with and in meetings with and on committees and panels with technologists that are just building a video game right would that make sense to you that the governments now have to come in and create a set of laws inside of a video game as if the video game is reality well that's the point i'm trying to make to you these are the things that let you know that it is going to be your reality this is going to be your life that is the goal of all of this to eventually corral us all into this synthetic world And so, of course, the governments are going to be involved because they want a piece of the action in the long term. They want power 
over the people, whether it's you here in real life, like me sitting here, or it is my mind twin or my avatar. The government wants a piece of that action. They are the largest organized crime syndicate in the world. Uh, no matter what country you're in, that government is part of the international governmental structure. So it's just different branches uh, of the major crime syndicate. And so you see them sitting here and planning and discussing this because everyone wants a piece of the pie. And if it was just a goofy little video game, no one would really care. It would not be profitable enough. There's not really power or control over the people, but that's what they're building. They are building the synthetic prison world. Mention privacy, and I want to talk about monetizing this world because I think that's going to be a huge challenge. And maybe I'm maybe I'm going to stir this stir up this conversation in a moment. I'm going to read you something uh, that you said, Philip, uh, about uh, Mr. Cox's uh, company. You said if Facebook is successful at building a metaverse with behavioral ad targeting. It's just a very, very bad outcome, um, and it's not inevitable at all. There's lots of ways that this whole universe can be monetized. Uh, that may be one of them. Uh, but I'm curious how you think about those issues and all of the lessons, if, if there's been any lessons learned over your time at, sec at Second Life, but also in this new world, Chris, at, at Facebook, at so the social media universe that we're all uh, sure. living through, uh, data tracking, uh, we've had a huge debate, as you very well know, because you've been at the center of it for the last decade, frankly. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, restating that, what I said uh, and what I meant, um, you know, there are two companies worldwide that, uh, that have built uh, tremendous businesses just in the last 20 years, um, which in internet time, I guess, is most of it. But still, it's relatively new. And, and those two companies are Facebook, Meta, and uh, Google uh, that, that, that make money through advertising. The point I was making was, if we move those models which rely on making predictions about what you want and suggesting things to you and, and in some cases I think manipulating your behavior, um, yeah, I think it's a terrible risk. Uh, the good news is nobody actually has to go there and I, I, would, I would imagine that uh, uh, you know, Meta would also point out that it has you know, different models for things. The model that has to work in the metaverse, in my opinion, is a transaction or a fees model rather than uh, an ads model that, uh, and I, I definitely stand by, especially. So is that buying second. digital goods and subscriptions? Is that? Yep. In a word, yes. Chris, is that? Is okay, so in case, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys understood that, but in case you didn't, what they're talking about is how to monetize, make money off of this uh, coming metaverse. And so right now they're debating, um, for those of you that are not in the, the industry of, say, whatever, podcasting or content creation, so there's a few different ways you can monetize and make money off of your show, off of your content, uh, if you want to pay your bills and it's not just a hobby, one of which is an ad model, um, which you run advertisements. Let's say on this podcast, you will have a company that will insert ads, or if you get bigger, you can get... Um, endorsement ads where a company will pay you to talk about their product and i'd sit here and say my pillow is fantastic use my code over there at my pillow um 
or you would sit here and say CBD is awesome, man. I don't want to get high, but I use CBD. I rub it all over my knees and it makes them feel better. Okay, so those are endorsement ads. And then those ads that you hear that are just running, those are just these plug-in ads. And so you can make money that way off advertising. As he's saying, Facebook and Google makes money off advertising. And then the other are subscriptions and uh, products. So what he's talking about in the metaverse and the digital world is, let's say you want to buy access to uh, Decentraland, uh, and that is whatever, $10 a month. And then within Decentraland, there's all that private, quote-unquote, private land. Somebody builds an amusement park, and you want to gain access to that. Maybe you pay $5 to get in, or it's uh, whatever, $4 a month. And so you can pay for a subscription, just like with Netflix, just like with Hulu, with Amazon, Prime, and such. And then the other is selling products. So out here in real life, I might have, you know, T-shirts that I sell or coffee mugs or bumper stickers or whatever to generate revenue for myself. Well, inside that world we talked about, you'll be able to buy these non-fungible tokens in the form of, you know, a, a, a T-shirt that you could put on your avatar, a watch that I can see when I have my augmented reality glasses on. It looks really cool. I'm sitting in my living room. My friends have their glasses. They see the watch, but I don't really have the watch. It's just there digitally. And so those are the products that they're talking about. So you have advertising, you have products, and you have subscriptions, okay? Is that the model you're, you're I think you're, I think you're going to have both. I think if you want free services at scale, um, advertising is going to be the natural business model for it, just like it has for you know, since print. Okay, so where he's talking about that, let me just clarify. If you want free services at scale, advertising comes into play. So on the free side of this podcast, there are ads that are inserted by the syndicator. All right. When you join pain.tv slash gold, which is the subscription, we put up the video version and that is ad free. So what this gentleman from Meta from Facebook is saying is that he believes within the metaverse, it'll be a mixture as it always has been of advertising to gain access to the free content. Or if you want ad free, you're going to pay for the subscriptions or the company providing that metaverse or that world within the metaverse will make money off selling you products. Um, and if you're going to want more narrow services that can be ad-free or offer other um, sort of transactional uh, business models, you're going to have subs, you're going to have digital goods. Um, I think much like on the internet, you're going to have trade-offs right. and you're going to want to offer a service that's good. Is there a way to do it yeah. where the user owns their own data? I mean, one of the sort of benefits of Web3 uh, some of the blockchain things that we've talked about that may exist in terms of layering on top of this. There's this idea that maybe you could own your own data and even maybe sell it to um, maybe a meta or to other. I mean, how do yeah. you see that? So first, the user should control. Uh, OK, so let me just pause there for a second, because. I want you to think about that for the moment. So right now, what they're talking about, and this is a common running theme in these circles, and as they're presenting this to you, you've heard it come from Elon Musk, you've heard it come from other technocrats, and the future digital world, or the fusion of the physical world, the natural world, and the digital world, the metaverse world, they are now talking about, again, they've created a problem. Okay, the data that you upload to Facebook, that you upload to Twitter, that you upload to Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, that data, once it's uploaded, is owned by those companies. It is not owned by you. 
Facebook could technically take a photo of you and your child and use it in an advertisement. You do not get any commission, any royalty, any payment for that because you gave it to them. So they created this problem now where you're giving away your data and not just photos that you upload or thoughts that you write, but all your interaction within those systems, within those worlds is all owned and controlled by them. And so now they create the problem. Now the reaction is, oh, we lost our privacy. We didn't realize that. And then the solution now is they say, well, let's build a bigger, badder world, a bigger, crazier world. Let's do a metaverse. Let's lay blockchain. And they start talking about all this fancy technology. And so then they say, well, can the user own their own data? And so that's the solution now is going to figure out how you're going to own your own data. And then what you're going to have to do, folks, is give up your biometric data to prove that it's you to own your data. It's a giant trap. I'm telling you, think about it for a moment. Do these guys, these technocrats, these transhumanists have any any reason in the world to be concerned about you and whether or not you're going to own your own data or is that just a ploy to make you comfortable with giving all of your data to them in the first place think about that over the break ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and i'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 